Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style so they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man DM Cool and welcome to The Cool. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot, hand on my Uwego. We invading airwaves. Everything airwaves. Hold up, why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. You're now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. You're now tuned into another edition of Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed, your ass better call somebody because we are live on the air. And make sure you tune in live at CFREradio.com. Uh, ladies and gents, I have a lot to get to on show on tonight's show. Uh, coming up at the 8.15 mark, we got our man, one of the uh, figureheads of Canadian basketball, Mr. Drew E. Banks of On Point Basketball. We're going to be discussing Raptors, Canadian basketball movement, Tristan Thompson, and a whole bunch of other things. But before we get to all that, you guys already know how I do this, man. I got some stuff. To let off my chest, and I would appreciate if all of you can can join me in on this and let me know if you agree or disagree by hitting me up on Twitter at dm underscore cool or cool underscore radio. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to let that is breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Now, a lot has happened this week, but one story that has caught everyone's attention, whether you're in the entertainment field, the media, or sorry, the sports field, any type of uh, avenue of broadcast whatsoever or whatever walk of life you decide to put your foot on everyone has been talking about this and I am talking about the young teenage girl who got assaulted by a police officer this past week in in America of course so the story that I'm talking about has to do with an officer or a deputy by the name of Ben Fields and basically all what from what we saw in that 15 second video all we were witness to uh, was someone who was being basically thrown around like a rag doll because in the video we don't really have a whole lot of context all we see is someone just being thrown around and tossed around as if it's like monday night raw and we have no idea the reasons as to why that happened or how it escalated in the first place so then more details and more context started coming out uh in regards to that story so apparently the student was being disobedient and was being disruptive in the classroom and was being disruptive by being on her cell phone now, this is not a first, all right? Teenagers are always on their cell phones in high schools and whatever the case may be. They like to text. They like to be on social media. Not saying that it was right for you know to be on her device while the lesson was going on, but that did not warrant the reaction that was given to her afterwards. So there's been a lot of people who have been speculating and been, they've been weighing their opinions on this. And the fact of the matter remains that there are some people who are trying to play both sides or trying to play, you know, straddle on the fence, so to speak. There are people asking why she had her phone in her hand during the lesson in the first place and that she shouldn't have had her phone. Otherwise, it never would have happened. I think that's besides the point. The fact of the matter remains is that if you are in a situation as a law enforcement official and you are trying to mediate a situation before it escalates, then you need to take the necessary channels in doing so rather than escalating the situation herself. People are saying that she was being disruptive to the class by being on her cell phone. That officer was being disruptive to the class by being disruptive, literally. So the uh, fact of the matter remains is this. It shouldn't, um, the cop shouldn't have taken the matters into his own hands. He shouldn't have tossed her around like a rag doll. Um, and the only good thing that has come out of this is that the officer has lost his job. Now, had there not been any video footage of that, I sincerely doubt that that third thing would have happened in the first place, which is him losing his job. I feel like more should be done, however. I feel like this guy should be charged with assaults on a minor at the very least. And as for the young girl, no one has, barely anyone for the matter has, asked her her side of the story as to why it happened or how it happened or what's happening on her side of things that's having, you know, some sort of psychological effect to her. A story came out later on today that 
you know, her mother had recently passed away and that she's now living in foster care. So clearly she has more than a few things going on in her mind. But no, we some people want to harp on the fact that she had her cell phone in her hand and that she should have had her cell phone in her hand. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened. There have been too many people who have said that comment and I will get to those people later on in the show. That is not a prediction. That is a spoiler alert. But what do you guys think about this? Hit me up on uh, Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know what you think about the situation. Coming up, we have my man Drew Ebanks of On Point Basketball and we will be discussing everything hoops and some hip hop in between. But before we get to that, we got to get to some tunes and I have uh, quite the deck of tunes to play for you guys today or every week rather because that's just what I do. So with that being said, uh, we have this next tune from an artist who goes by the name of J. Cole. You guys already know who that boy is. Off of this uh, album 2014 Forward Sills Drive, this is San Tropez, only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and you are back on Cool Radio. Welcome to the show. Now, we have another guest in the building, as promised. Uh, this man has been on the show before multiple times, and I like to call him as among... Other past guests of the show, my uh, Hall of Fame members most definitely because they've made multiple appearances. Uh, this guy is what I would like to call a trailblazer for Canadian basketball. He is one of the strong voices that we have that lets people know about what is going on in the Canadian basketball scene, whether it be from a grassroots level or professional level. You can catch him at a Little League game one day and then catch him at the NBA All-Star game the next. This guy is everywhere, like City TV. I swear it's insane. I don't even know how he does it. I don't know if Canada is institutionalizing some sort of cloning initiative because if that's the case, then I think this man right here is living proof of that because he is just covering anything and everything on multiple occasions. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have no further words for this introduction. This man who is sitting right across from me, he goes by the name of Drew E. Banks of On Point Basketball. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Appreciate it, man. Uh, it's been a while since I've been here, but yeah, yeah. Uh, glad to be back. Hey, man, glad to have you here, man. Oh, so uh, speaking of which, actually, I think the last time you were here was probably last summer, if I'm not mistaken, summer of 2014. Uh, so what's been happening with the On Point brand since then? Man, we've just been busy, bro, just, uh, you know, kind of help, helping the movement go along, this Canadian basketball movement, and also at the same time growing the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to, uh, to be as many places as we can to let... Mm-hmm. The people know that we are there for them. All the guys coming up, mm-hmm. we're here to you know give them exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the community trying to help out uh, organizations that are doing stuff uh, through basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know we're just uh, trying to make our presence felt uh, on a global scale. Hopefully, mm-hmm. very Absolutely. soon. No, most definitely, I can definitely see that happening very soon. Um, while you were here, actually, uh, or after you left, actually, uh, you did start the uh, the On Point uh, Basketball Podcast, actually. So how's that been going on for you? It's been good. Um, it's been good for a while. We actually were on Sirius XM for uh, a little while from November mm-hmm. till about a month ago. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, our show got cut uh, mm-hmm. due to a new host uh, on Sirius mm-hmm. that basically took over Monday to Friday. So a lot of the shows got canceled during that time frame. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not giving up there. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a new one-on-one show that's uh, going to be on video mm-hmm. coming up soon. Uh, we got a brand new website coming come in mm-hmm. um you know web store everything man mm-hmm. so you can get your on point gear yes, a yes. lot easier than it has been now Absolutely. you look good rocking you, the uh, equal game t right there <laughs> you know how to support the sponsor you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it fits so mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh it continues to go to grow and grow mm-hmm. and uh we just want to be uh, right you know in the middle of everything mm-hmm. absolutely man Ex- uh, expansion is the name of the game at the end of the day uh, so let's get to some basketball talks man um, so what I want to know from you is um, a lot of uh, CBA talks have come into play ever since the offseason. Um, so we all know that the cap will now be rising in the NBA. I think this year or this season right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's at $89 million. Um, and then next year it's going to be ra- raising to uh, $109 million. So uh, with all the signings that have happened within the free agency, you know, some people have been rightfully signed to certain contracts because of the resume. Others has been kind of been thrown into debate. Uh, what's your take on the whole uh, free agency that took place this past summer? Well, I mean, this this past summer was was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, next summer is going to be even crazier. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can think of guys like uh, Kevin Durant are going to be a free agent, and that's going to be a frenzy right there. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I mean, you saw some numbers being thrown around the, this past summer, uh, and in guys that you never thought would get some of the, the mm-hmm. contracts they did, mm-hmm. but you know, the money's there, and it doesn't take a lot nowadays to get you know, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. I yeah. mean. Uh, really, you know, you know, minimal double-digit score, maybe close to double-digit rebounder, and you can command yourself, you know, in the 70, 80, 90 million range. So yeah. the money's there, but, Daniel, this summer coming up, yeah. 2016, it's going to blow the roof it's off it, of It's going to be filthy is what you're telling me. <laughs> filthy, a lot of filthy rich players, that's for sure, man. It's going to be crazy. Now, one player in particular that I do want to mention because he has been the subject of much talk during the summer and even into uh, the fall season as well as Tristan Thompson. Now, I've I've been speaking about this on past weeks of, of my show as well, and at the end of at the end of you know the whole. Um, fiasco so to speak he ended up signing uh back with the cast for 82 million somewhat of a far cry from his 94 million um so after all the the whirlwind that that he went through the cast went through his agent and basically the people who were watching it online you know unfold and what have you do you feel as if it was all worth it just so he could get maybe like a two million dollar increase from what was originally offered to him in the first place well, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, complicated things in the background uh, that are happening with that. I mean, you know, as an agent, Rich Paul, he's going to try to get his client as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the game. But, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, a lot of times the agent is the one that's pushing for that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the player wants to get paid more too, but you know Tristan wants to be in Cleveland. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know he wants to play in, in Cleveland with LeBron. Obviously, mm-hmm. Rich Paul, they both share him as their agent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those situations where you're kind of taken aback. Obviously, you know, we talked off air mm-hmm. about, you know, what – players are worth and let's face it like i said you know you know probably maybe the top 10 players in the nba are truly truly mm-hmm. worth the kinds of millions that they're getting paid yeah. a lot of the other guys are kind of you know along for the ride mm-hmm. and they get it you know get where they fit in mm-hmm. but when you look at what Tristan did in the playoffs, I mean, he was dominant. He mm-hmm. was dominant on the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he covered guards when he could mm-hmm. um, and also, uh, you know, scored when he could. So mm-hmm. he did what you need to do. When you're in the spotlight of the NBA Finals yeah. and you perform, mm-hmm. um, you're going to get paid. It's just like any yeah. sport, World Series, Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. If you're a free agent after that, and you do tremendous work, yeah. and, you know, despite losing uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland, he still went to work and he showed that mm-hmm. uh, he could be easily a double-double guy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's his motor, it's his energy, mm-hmm. his team play, his communication out there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things you might look at is just scoring. Does he score 25 points a game? Does he rebound 15 a game? Mm-hmm. Well, he rebounds very well, especially on the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. But it's the intangibles that you can't really quantify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why, you know, guys like him that show out, even if it's half a season mm-hmm. and it's their time for their contract, they're going to get paid. Absolutely. Now, I do understand that he did step up in a huge way in the NBA Finals when Kevin Love got injured uh, since the first round of the playoffs last season. Um, my thing is, I feel like when signing someone for that huge of an amount, you have to look at the overall resume and what they've done because at the end of the day, as Jay-Z has said, as many other people have said after him, you know, numbers don't lie, right? So I look at someone like Jimmy Butler, for example, who was in the exact same predicament. Same draft class as well, ironically enough. He's a guy who went from 13 points to 20 points a game, was uh, became an all-star, was on the all-defensive team, became one of the best two-way, defense, uh, two-way offensive defensive players in the league and received the Most Improved Player Award and is also being looked at as being a possible next leader for the Bulls, depending on Rose's current situation, basically. Um, at the end of the day he got offered 90 million dollars and he didn't even think twice about that i feel like personally when and mind you i I don't know tristan i don't know rich paul or any of these people but just you know as an observer just looking at the situation uh, outside looking in i feel like when he was offered the 80 million initially for a player in his position who only averages eight points a game eight rebounds a game and especially for someone who comes off the bench mind you maybe you're only getting 25 minutes per game maximum and they're offering you 80 million I thought that was a steal because initially they're offering him $53 million or something around that ballpark. But to get $80 million as you're coming off the bench, only averaging 25 minutes a game, 
I thought that was a bargain and a half. I thought he just signed off on that. So it, it puzzled me to say the least when Rich Paul and the Cavaliers are trying to play tug of war basically on getting him a bigger lucrative deal. So I think I was a bit confused in, in that sense. And that's where I became a bit critical of the situation as a whole. Um, so my question to you is actually just based on that situation. Do you feel that, you know, it was, I don't want to say just, but like, what's your personal take on, you know, someone like Jimmy Butler, who has averaged more, who averaged more during that season, got the contract that he deserved, I guess you could call it, versus Tristan not averaging as many numbers, trying to get a contract that was larger than that? I mean, again, it's it's different situations. It's almost Mm -hmm. like comparing apples and oranges, right? Yeah. If Jimmy Butler wasn't happy in Chicago, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason... And they offered him, and we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. He may not have taken mm-hmm. that ninety million. He would have said, "You know what? I'm going to go and test free agency. I don't really like this squad. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, I want to move on." Yeah. So you, it's hard to look at numbers that way. Uh, and again, um, Jimmy Butler is a guy who, if he's comfortable with where he is, yeah, he's going to take the ninety million. But it, there was never a guarantee. I mean, that's probably the max he could get, so that's where it is. I don't believe Tristan's offer was the max, Mm -hmm. so maybe, again, we don't know the factors here. Maybe Mm -hmm. they were in play to try to get as much as possible. Man, you've got to maximize. (laughs) I mean, you're you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. You have a limited time where you're at your peak or you're at your prime. Mm -hmm. He may have one other good contract after this. You have got to milk it and get what you can, and Mm -hmm. that was the strategy. Some may say it didn't work, you know, but possibly it did mm-hmm. uh you know what it's um he's a rich rich man that's is, all you need is. to know <laughs> you know what get his money i'm not mad at him getting money man i'm just i just felt like it was a bit of a disparity when you look at someone like like a butler who is getting who averaged as much as he did versus tristan who didn't average much uh in comparison but then he's asking for more than what the other player got now i'm not saying he that he said oh well Jimmy Butler's getting this, so I want that. I'm, I'm sure that didn't go into the no, into the debate. All. I don't think so because that'd you, be petty. And you also got to remember, look how close Cleveland was to winning the finals. Yeah, without two of their big guns. Mm-hmm. So that's a testament to Tristan's play as well. Yeah, he was a big part of what they did, keeping balls alive. He's mean on the offensive glass. Yeah, he just brings something that is it's not quantifiable and even mm-hmm. for, if i want to segue a minute to team canada this summer not qualifying for the olympics they got to yeah. go back this summer in the pre-olympic tournament to yeah. see if they can still qualify that's heartbreaking a man. guy like tristan mm-hmm. would have been that team glue guy mm-hmm. and i believe if he was there they definitely would have uh, would have qualified so i agree he's a guy who brings a lot you can you can also use the Amir Johnson mm-hmm. uh, scenario. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, Amir was hurt all the time for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he they traded him away. Not a big deal." Mm-hmm. But you're going to see some certain times when the intangibles that he brings to the table mm-hmm. that's not going to show up for the Raptors, and they're going to be missing that. So mm-hmm. so much goes into it. You know, we don't know how big of a leader Tristan was yeah. uh, in the background, and and knowing him a little bit, not a lot, uh, just from you know here and there coming to Toronto and you know, playing in games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brings a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep it moving on to the Raptors now because that's a perfect segue. Uh, with Anthony Bennett coming to the team now, like what role do you see for him on the Raptors in particular? Well, AB is a, a guy who pretty much is starting over, mm-hmm. um, you know, had a rough shake the first uh, couple years, mm-hmm. and, and he's basically got to remake his game. He has to... He has to, you know, bring certain things to the table. He's got to be like Tristan, Bring a motor, rebound, hustle, um, and he's got to start from the basics um, and then develop and build his game up over the next few years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a lot of talk of uh, A.B. being trouble in terms of being in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what I mean? Uh, I've heard things where, you know, he's very close to maybe being out of the league. So this is a very crucial year for him. And I think it's a good situation. He seems relaxed here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as much as you think there's a lot of pressure because he's in Toronto, I think there's a sense of comfort here that he didn't have have uh in cleveland mm-hmm. looking over his shoulder after being picked number one yep. then traded with andrew uh, over to minnesota and then you know 
uh, again, not really getting much playing time, getting injured. So I think for him, he's got to look at it as let me just do things that I have control of. Let me rebound. Yeah. Uh, let me hustle. Because they don't really need Anthony Bennett to score right mm-hmm. now. What they need him to do is come in and rebound, be big, mm-hmm. all right, and play some good defense. And, and from there, you build your game. Yeah. And worst case scenario, he could always be uh, called up to the Raptors 905 team just to develop develop his school uh, his skills. And because at the end of the day, he knows that he's not going to go anywhere unless he gets traded of course uh so at least he has a spot to develop and hone his skills meanwhile while the the rest of the main roster does their thing throughout the regular season so i think he may find some comfort in that as well well i'm not sure at this at this point if he'd be willing to go there it would be kind of shocking to see a guy in third year Mm -hmm. but hey stranger Stranger things things have happened you never know right (laughs) i wouldn't see him going personally down there Mm -hmm. but um, he could go there to work out. He could go, go there to train and not necessarily play for the 905s, but yeah. you know, they they share uh, the, the, well, they're going to have a new actual Raptors are having a new facility. That's uh, going to be ready very soon. Oh, so, okay. I mean, both of them, I'm sure both the 905 guys and the Raptors are going to share that. facility. Yeah. And I mainly bring that up because I remember when Corey Joseph was playing for the San Antonio Spurs, uh, he actually volunteered to play in the D league for a bit, just so he wouldn't be rusty, especially with the depth chart being 20 part, Parker, uh, I think it was Gary Neal at the time as well, and amongst other players. So I feel the same uh, same situations happening in Toronto because where we have Luis Scolo, we have Patrick Patterson, James Johnson will be all alter, alternating between the two and the three as well. So there's quite a uh, few names that he has to kind of get ahead of in the depth chart. So in the meantime, you know, you may as well drive down 20 minutes or so down to Mississauga, you know, to at least get a workout in or do something of the sort to keep yourself fresh and relevant on the squad. Yeah, I mean that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's a guy who really needs to find his game, uh, but find a simple game right now, and yeah. then hopefully he'll rebound. And obviously, everybody in Canada is rooting for our Canadian kids. Last couple of years, uh, a few of them have been having a little bit of difficulty. Yeah, little tough spots here and there for mm-hmm. a few of them. You know, Nick Stauskas, good kid as well, mm-hmm. bounced around. Sacramento was an awful yeah. uh, situation. He's now in Philly. He's a bit hurt. Uh, I'm not sure if he plays or he, or he's ready to play yet but he mm-hmm. was injured so you know we've had a little bit of a rough shake i'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. you know this year our canadian kids are, are really going to turn it around obviously andrew's rookie of the year mm-hmm. he had a great campaign but some of the other ones gotta turn it around absolutely and <clears throat> pardon me speaking of the uh the canadian kids um i find it interesting that within the last 20 years you know the, for how long the raptors have been around out of that 20-year span, we've only had about three Canadian players play for the squad. Uh, so in your opinion, why do you think that's so? I mean, it's tough. Obviously, the reputation of Canadians has come a long way, mm-hmm. and the skill level of Canadians has come a long way. So, I, I, you know, Jamal was pretty much the guy that played – but he played towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to see two more guys now, you know, essentially in their prime or yeah. coming. They're not even at their prime yet. I don't yet. think so. No, not yet. You know, they're here. And, and Masai said it. When Masai, uh, you know, in the playoffs last year, he said, we want to get more Canadians on this team. Mm-hmm. And so to, to bring the two guys here, Corey Joseph's, uh, played well in the preseason, um, you know, did his thing last night as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, I think it's great. I think both the Raptors mm-hmm. having Canadians and also even the Raptors 905, mm-hmm. you know, four of their five guys that, uh, you know, are going into trading camp mm-hmm. it came out of the, the, the open CEO. tryout. Yeah. And they're Canadian, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Ashton Smith mm-hmm. are there and, uh, you know, went over pretty well. Mm-hmm. A couple other guys as well, you know. It's an opportunity, and the fact that we have a D-League team, mm-hmm. you know, it lends itself to putting Canadian players who are kind of on the fringe yeah. of possibly being in the NBA, they will have a spot now, an additional spot to try out. Obviously, NBL Canada is there, but I think having a 905 mm-hmm. and adding Canadians is, is phenomenal. And and from what I've heard, it's it was one of the best um, tryouts, mm-hmm. open tryouts of all the D-League teams. The 905 one, they said, was one of the best tryouts out there. So that's phenomenal. There you go, man. It just shows you the hunger, the dedication, the talent that we have in Canada, maybe even particularly within the GTA. So imagine what the rest of the nation is like. And I hope that gets you know more NBA scouts more hungry to cross the borders to see what talent we have because if you're able to go overseas and check to see what what's happening in Germany and Russia Italy whatever the case may be then it shouldn't take you 
you know, that much effort to come across customs and see what Canada has to offer in that regard. Oh, yeah, they're here, man. They're up here. They're coming here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I spoke to Tom Izzo of Michigan State last uh, season, and uh, he was like, you know, I, I was just up there. You know, mm-hmm. I was up in Orangeville checking out some of the guys at Orangeville Prep, yeah. and he said, you guys up there in Canada do a phenomenal job, yeah. and uh, we're definitely checking out a lot of your <laughs> players. So, I mean, a guy like Tom Izzo mm-hmm. to come up here, um, is a phenomenal thing for Canadian basketball. Obviously, all the other big-time coaches have come up here, too. You know, the Rick Patinos uh, of the world and, and all those guys, they're, they're incredible. Exactly. Um, we're going to talk some more to, uh, basketball uh, in a moment, uh, but um, we're going to do that in the form of a game, actually. And uh, you've been here before. We like to play a lot of games or what have you. And uh, we got a new one uh, that I'm going to play right now, actually. So with that being said, are you ready to play? Let's do it. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this game, you already know what this one's called. This one is called Cool or Uncool. All right. So you probably recognize this track in the background, man. It's from the old school group Diggable. called... There you go. Planets. I even got to say it. I even got to say it. <laughs> I've been around, man. <laughs> I, I, I can see that, man. I can see that. So basically, uh, with this track, I'm going to name off a few scenarios. You're going to let me know whether they're cool or uncool. So that being said, uh, and also, you can you know feel free to add in some you know more context into your answer and what have you. So let's get to it. Um, Kobe Bryant, possibly in his final season, cool or uncool? Ooh, that one is, uh, you know, it's tough. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say it's uncool because he's been such a dominant player. Um, yeah. And, you know, when he comes to Toronto, people go to the Lakers games to see Kobe. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit uncool. It's sad in a way. Yeah. Uh, but he's had a phenomenal career. 20 years in the league. Yeah. Uh, the longest serving guy on one team. Incredible. That's, that's unprecedented. Yep. Um, I respect I respect the men's game. Not really cool about his, like, Lack of leadership tendencies, in my opinion, but he's definitely brought a lot to the game. And I can't even deny that. So it's a bit of a bittersweet thing, I would say, if anything. Um, All Star Weekend in Toronto, cool, but uncool. Man, you know that's cool. I know brother. that's cool. <laughs> that thing is going to be like Caravana times ten, Thank man. Thank you. I said it is going to be insane. Thing. Oh man, parties. It's remember, it's a whole week it's long a, of events. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have. I believe they're probably gonna have it at the convention center. You know, the whole you know NBA fan fest or whatever. Yeah. You know, Drake obviously. Yeah. The OVO crew. Yep. It's gonna be bananas. I hope I can get get into some of these soirees that are happening and, and see these that. big VIP <laughs> events that all these companies are gonna be holding. Listen, if Mr. On Point can't get into these events, I don't think. Anyone can. Let's be honest here. And they better least- let me in. <laughs> yeah, but I'm on point. See, look, look, look at my media pass. Media. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have to beg my way in. Exactly. And see, that leads into my next uh, scenario. Actually, uh, let's see. Prices for tickets for All Star Weekend in Toronto. Cool or uncool? That's uncool. <laughs> but in fact, I mean, good luck trying to even get a ticket. Exactly. Let's face it. The NBA All Star Game isn't really for the fans. It's a nice. lot of people out there don't understand. It's nice. It's a schmooze fest. It is the NBA yep. and, you know, the, the, the sponsors and people affiliated. Yep. So I'm not sure exactly how many tickets are going to be available for the general public, but I you better it. be shelling out some, you know, mortgage or some two months mortgage or rent money if you want to pick See, up a couple of tickets for that. That's the thing that. right there. Someone actually bought a ticket and they pretty much took a picture of it and put it up on their page. Oh, they bought it already? Yeah. It was five thousand dollars. Wow! I don't know what where section. I don't know. I, I can't remember. For goodness sakes, but that better be hundred level. That, it, <laughs> that better not be three hundred exactly. level. Exactly. If if that was three hundred, then that was not worth your tuition. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> not at all. No. I mean, hey, it's first time here uh, in Canada. Monumental achievement. Obviously, a lot going on with Canadian basketball, Toronto basketball. This is going to be, going to be the monumental. culmination, the coronation of. 20 years of basketball growth 20 years in the making. And, and it's it's only going up from here. Yeah. So, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a frenzy either. up in this city. It's going to be crazy, man. The thirst level is going to be unreal. <laughs> um, yep. So, um, the consistently inconsistent Terrence Ross, cool or uncool? Right now, you got to give him uncool because he's not really doing what he needs to do out there. He's not being aggressive. He's not using his athleticism. He's kind of staying on the outside, and he's not very decisive in how he's playing. 
it's a crucial year for him. I mean, Extremely. this is a year where he's got to prove he needs to be here. And he's already back in the pecking order right now. Yeah. You know, he's not going to play in front of certain guys mm -hmm. at his spot. He's not starting. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be tough for him. I mean, he's a young guy that I, I liked. Yeah. I think he's, he can do it all. He can shoot and he's got athleticism. Mm -hmm. He's just not using it. Exactly. I agree completely. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Drew Ebanks in the building. When we come back, yes, we have Trip Talk. So before we get to that, we have another track to play you know while we uh keep y'all entertained during the commercial break and this one comes from my man uh why am i drawing a blank right now uh sun real out of vancouver and this one is called epic so keep it locked this is cool radio we'll be right back after these messages yeah Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Uh, I'm still here in the building with my man, Mr. On Point himself, Drew Ebanks. Yes, sir. Yes. And so you guys already know what time it is. It is time for Trip Talk, where we discuss some of the latest, greatest topics within hip-hop and pop culture as well. So with that being said, let's get right to it. So there was a show that took place, uh, and some of the headliners included Future and Kendrick Lamar. Um, but the, what's interesting about the show is that once Future had finished performing his set, Kendrick went up next, and a lot of people had left the venue by that time. So uh, this was a left show. the venue. Yes, Kendrick's coming. Did they know he was coming on? I. That's just crazy. Your guess is as good as mine, man. Um, I'm sleeping there. If I know Kendrick's coming next day, I'm getting a sleeping bag. I'm making dude, sure I'm right up front. I'm not wasting time. Right. Not wasting any time. But nonetheless, this show took place at. Uh, the Power 105 Annual Powerhouse Concert in Brooklyn. Um, so some of the uh, performers that were scheduled were Fetty Wap, Big Shine, Meek Mill, and like a bevy of other artists as well. So basically, uh, feature set ended around uh, midnight, and then Kendrick followed up right after. But then after uh, Future left and Kendrick went on, then a large portion of the crowd left as well. So my question is, um, do people only want to listen to a certain type of music at the end of the day in your opinion man i mean it's hard to say how that could happen i mean mm -hmm. how do you not know kendrick lamar is like one of the top artists out right oh, now yeah. how do you not know he's coming on next mm -hmm. um, and you would think that if you're there for a show mm -hmm. you're going to respect all the artists and stick around exactly. so there was some miscommunication there and that probably has to go on the promoters i mean oh, you yeah. can't really blame people if it doesn't seem like they had a clue what was going on yeah. and, and that he was coming up, but they missed out, man. They I, missed out. I guess some people must have stuck around. Maybe I'm, I'm sure there are some, but like I feel like, and it, and it goes on the promoters as well because you can't book uh, nowadays in hip hop, especially I find because there's so many different subgenres of hip hop. You can't book like an amalgamation of of all these different types of artists onto one bill because everyone has different tastes. Like the same person who likes Kendrick Lamar right. may not like Future or right. vice versa. That's, That's why right. I feel like when you have a show like Rock the Bells, for example, which kind of caters to the the more conscious, the more traditional, realistic uh, hip-hop fan, right. you can have a whole bunch of artists who kind of resemble that sound or that vibe, basically. And then you can have another show that just pretty much represents you know, the turn-up crowd. So like the T.I.s, the Young Jeezy, Future, or what have you. The only time I would say where you can have that amalgamation if, if it's a, like a large profile show. So like Hot 97 Summer Jam, BET Hip Hop Awards, which I'm not really a fan of, but it is what it is. But in this case, you know, with, uh, with Powerhouse, which is like one of the bigger radio uh, stations in America, you would think that that would be okay to have all those artists on one bill. But I guess... You know, paying, I don't know what, at least 80 bucks for a ticket isn't good enough to stay around for the entire show. I don't know what these people are yeah. doing for a living or making, but if I spend 80 bucks, I'm not leaving until they tell exactly. me to get out. <laughs> exactly. I want a full show, man. Yeah. I don't want to leave until I see the janitors cleaning up the confetti and everything, man. <laughs> I mean, that's just disrespect, man. I mean, I'm not the biggest Futures fan, but to leave out on Kendrick Lamar, I mean, this guy's he's had the biggest album of the year, man. I mean... There's not much I can say to it. It's, it's not much to say. It's right blasphemy yeah. at the end of the day, man. Not much to say, brother. So uh, Brooklyn, y'all need to get your minds right, man. Especially coming from a place of Brooklyn, man. Like that—that's hip hop's. Like I want to say hip hop's mecca, but Pretty you've had much. a lot of prominent artists who kind of like base their style on lyricism Pretty or what much, have yeah. you. And when it comes to lyricism, you can't go any further than Kendrick Lamar. Like, in my opinion, he's the best in the game. But I guess again, different crowds, right? So yeah, different crowds. It, it is what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, let's keep it moving. So next door we have um, 
ooh, this one right here, man. Speaking of New York, uh, Thabo Sevalosha. So we all know about the incident that he went through uh, earlier this year during a playoff run where he was assaulted by NYPD, and they actually broke his leg during the assault. And this happened after a club incident uh, somewhere after hours, basically, in New York. So uh, news w- uh, made it made headway this week that he would be pressing charges against uh, the NYPD for you know the broken leg because – he missed the playoffs basically, and he could have been a factor in that Atlanta versus Cleveland series as he was like one of their prime defenders basically. Um, so, with that being said, um, why is it that NYPD, not even just NYPD, but why is it that police officers have, they feel as if it's their authority to basically take matters into their own hands when it comes to that point? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, we've seen so many incidents over the last couple of years that just kind of make you shake your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the fact that the leadership there has to, you know, rein in. I, I'm all, always for the cops. I'm a law-abiding citizen, mm-hmm. number one. I just want to say that, uh, you know, try not to get in trouble, you know, maybe exactly. a speeding ticket here and there, yeah. knock on wood. I've watched, I watched Oz too many times to not get myself in trouble. That's so right. There you go. Big time <laughs> show. One of my favorites of yes. all time. Ebenezer. Uh No, but you know what? It's it's I think the leadership has to root out the bad uh, police officers. Ninety nine point nine percent of the cops are great people. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do good. They're mm-hmm. they're not trying to get in you know problems or, or escalate problems. Mm-hmm. But you see um, at some times where they are not you know they're not diffusing situations. They're, they're escalating. Adding that. yeah they're escalating and adding to it. No. You know, you don't want to resort to, to, to shooting someone. I don't think mm-hmm. you don't want to have to resort to that. So mm-hmm. why not come in there, you know, try to talk the situation out, mm-hmm. see what's happening. And then hopefully you don't have to shoot anybody, you know, and it doesn't matter what shade you are, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cops have to be accountable mm-hmm. no matter what. And I think the leadership and the whole justice system has to be, uh, you know, looked at to say these are the methods that, you know, we want to go by mm-hmm. and then disseminate that through, uh, you know, the, the the system because it's just too unfortunate, too many lives being lost. Absolutely. And you would think that it kind of stems from not only a racial thing, but also from a socioeconomical standpoint, because you don't normally hear about stories like this happening to people who are of a higher tax bracket, so to speak. But then you hear about this story, like uh, with Thabo Cephalosha, for example, and then earlier in the summer, there was a tennis player, I can't remember by, uh, the name of him, but he was assaulted by the police. But James when they, Blake. James yeah. Blake, there yeah. we go. And then when they found out that he was actually a world-renowned tennis player, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, I'm sorry. So... I feel like with with the with the cops as far as their protocol and their and their evaluation of their officers, I feel like they have to go through some sort of like immense psych- psychological testing and also check the backgrounds of these individuals to see if they are fit to patrol the streets and to make sure that we the citizens are safe instead of them bringing harm onto us. And like you said, not all cops are bad and I totally understand that 100%. But there's far too many times where cops have taken matters into their own hands and they have become the aggressors, the the antagonists of our society. And I feel like it is upon the responsibility of not only the police departments, but our governments as well, that they need to figure out exactly who the bad ones are, who uh, are the ones that they need to weed out and what correction, what correctional processes they need to take in place. Because at the end of the day, our taxpayer money is going to them and we are relying on them to provide us with safety. And we can't feel assured that that is happening if we see more cases like this. Now, people are going to say, don't compare Canada to America because it's completely different, which I understand. But that doesn't mean that it isn't existent within Canada or any other country in the world for that matter. So I feel like Thabo is doing the right thing by seeking action against the NYPD. I hope he wins the case because he's definitely just within his situation. Well, yeah, I mean, that was a tough situation. Both cases celebrities are involved the james blake case was absolutely ridiculous as well Mm -hmm. uh they jumped a guy who was uh, you know reportedly they were looking for a person that committed fraud i mean Mm -hmm. the dude wasn't of no threat Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing to say you can't go up and talk to him make sure you Mm -hmm. know who he is verify his identity before you take him to the ground and wasn't he on his bike as well or i'm not sure i think he was just standing there waiting for i think i believe he was waiting for uber okay waiting to go to an event and got taken down. So mm-hmm. it it's just it's just disheartening to know that you don't have to be doing anything mm-hmm. to be treated like a criminal. And exactly. that's the part that's the worst thing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Blake, 
um, you know, and a guy like uh, Tabo, same thing, mm -hmm. your reputation, you know, they said, the police said one thing about Tabo, and it turns out, you know, the judge basically, you know, mm -hmm. I believe it, it actually already finished a judge mm -hmm. or is about that, the judge threw it out. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's unfortunate. We just hope that these people do their jobs mm -hmm. and which is make people accountable just mm -hmm. like you and i at our jobs mm -hmm. you know if we can't get away with certain things if we tried certain things mm -hmm. we'd be out of there so i don't see why there's a difference absolutely there shouldn't be a difference at all whatsoever um so with that being said we're gonna switch things up and i feel like it's uh, about time to get old school so on that note you ready to get old school with me real quick go ahead my man ladies and gentlemen it's time for the throwback thursday track of the day let's drop that real quick as always, let me know what you want to hear played on Cool Radio for the Throwback Thursday track of the day at DM underscore Cool at Cool underscore Radio. Now, since uh, we're kind of um, blending the worlds of hip hop and basketball, you know, the two cultures are synonymous with one another. They've been synonymous with one another since I feel like the 90s, basically. And one person who helped bridge that gap between hip hop and basketball was the big Aristotle, the Shaq Diesel, Shaq Fu, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal himself. And I will go on to say that out of all the NBA players who have tried their hand at the microphone, I, I would say he's probably the most credible one, you know. Um, I would say the next in line would be Allen Iverson, but, like, we never got to hear a lot of his Damian material. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's coming up. Skills. He's coming up. He's coming up. He's yeah, next. He's, he's coming skills. up. Uh, I think they call him Dame Dollar, actually, what I was yeah, reading about. Whatever his name is, yeah. but I saw him spit a little bit on IG. Uh, was it Sway? Or, or, uh, on, or, Instagram, on, on Instagram, he's always okay. posting it. He's got some lyrics, No, nah, he's, he's dope. Tight. I like him. I yeah. like him. I'm curious to see what he has coming up in store but nonetheless i would say the the patriarch of all this would be mr shaq fu himself and um with uh this one track that i'm about to play actually i felt like this is probably one of his more credible tracks especially when you consider that he had the notorious big rapping alongside with him on this one as well so on that note we are going to play this record which is entitled you can't stop the rain and when we come back we have wakes of the week so keep it locked this is cool radio yep What's going on, people? It's your boy Femi Lassen and man, me. It's your man, Bo Pinto, at Bo Pinto. Jay Hood from the Toronto Argos. You are now tuned in. Cool! Cool! Radio 91.9 FM. It's an amazing interview. I had an amazing experience. I had an amazing time. The best radio show experiences I've had ever. Stay tuned for the hottest news. Hip-hop, entertainment, and everything. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. Big shout out to DM Cool. Good vibes. Love it, man. You're famous. I love it. Yes, yes, welcome back. You're now tuning to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. Uh, welcome back to the show, people. I still got my man, Drew E. Banks, in the building. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's about that time that you guys have been waiting for. We are now in the overtime edition of Cool Radio, but nonetheless, we're going to give you what you need. <clears throat> Who has been crowned? the captain of Coonery, and who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster goes to none other than Raven Simone. Now, I have gone on record to say that I am not going to give this girl the Wankster anymore because she is a repeat offender, and at this point in time, I am just convinced that she's just trolling the entire internet sphere at this point in time with her ridiculous comments. But I couldn't resist this week because of some of the things that she had said in regards to a certain case that happened today. Now, or not today, uh, but rather this week. So at the beginning of the show, I went on to the full detail about what had happened in America with the, uh, with the deputy Ben Fields who basically flipped over a young teenage girl because she failed to comply to his orders as in regards to leaving the classroom. So, she went on The View uh, to discuss this matter, and she had a mouthful to say. She was basically saying, um, even though what the officer was doing was wrong, she was also questioning as to why the student had a cell phone in her hand in the first place. And based on her delivery of her statement and how she was going about it, it almost seemed as if she wanted to surround the narrative around the wrongdoing, so to speak, of the child having her cell phone in her hand. Now, granted, we all know, you know, you shouldn't be a disruptant in the classroom. You should be paying attention at all times. But at the end of the day, 
who doesn't have their cell phone in their hand as as a as a high school student? This isn't something new. This has been happening since the mid two thousands. Let's keep it one hundred. So my thing that when it comes to Raven Simone and not just Raven, but with other uh, black pundits on television, like someone like Don Lemon, for example, is. They try too hard to play both sides of the field, or they try to straddle the fence a little too much. They try their best to be objective, but they sound ignorant in 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 the process. You look at someone like Don Lemon, for example, who was basically uh, talking about the same exact uh, scenario, and he went into a similar line of questioning. He was like, "Why did the t- why did the young girl have the cell phone in her hand in the first place?" I mean, I think when it comes to when it comes down to what happened in that video. If she had a cell phone in her hand at that point in time, that's irrelevant. The fact of the matter is you should not be putting your hands on on anyone for that matter, especially if you are a grown adult versus a, a frail young teenage girl. Now, Raven kept on saying that what the officer did was wrong, was wrong, was wrong, but her fail comes into play when she tried to create the narrative around the young girl having the cell phone in her hand. I understand you want to investigate the situation. You want to know why it happened, how it came to be in the first place. But the fact of the matter remains is we can't keep victim blaming without knowing their side of the story. And I feel like victim blaming happens a lot, especially when it deals with a minority. And you would think that Raven Simone being a minority black gay female would make her more empathetic in the situation since she has everything against her, quote unquote. But I guess when you have money and you're in that position, being the host of The View and appealing to white America and what have you, I guess all those morals go out the window. Now, some people may think I'm going too hard on the girl, but this is the same person who claims to not be black, but instead dark white, who claims to be from every continent in Africa, except for one, because there are continents in Africa, of course. And of course, this goes to or towards the same person who would never hire anyone with a ghetto name, despite the fact that her name has an ethnic tinge to it. And all the meanwhile, she has more colors in her hair than the mighty Morphin Power Rangers combined. I'm sorry, Raven, but you're getting this wankster. This is the fourth time this year that you're getting the wankster. Second time within the matter of weeks that you're getting the wankster. And I think it could be a foregone conclusion that by the time December rolls around, that you may very well be the wankster of the year. So on that note, do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. And we're going to drop it just like this. One more time, people. For for the wankster that Raven is, let's just drop it on her real quick. Mr. Ebanks, what is your take on Raven's diatribe? I mean, you know, what can you do? What can you say? <laughs> Obviously, um, you know, you would hope that young people would listen to authority. They're having a little bit of difficulty sometimes with that. But in no way is what that uh, officer did. Uh, and these are school policemen now. There's thousands of them in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you said at the beginning, the training, who they're hiring, the background checks really needs to be done because that type of aggression that type of violence it's scary you know and the thing is i mean it would be bad enough if that was against a young boy mm-hmm. but the fact that that was a young lady mm-hmm. it was absolutely deplorable mm-hmm. that you could lay your hands on a young girl like that mm-hmm. to me if if the case is this if you say to her you know what happened was apparently from what i read they asked her to put away the phone she didn't the teacher asked for the phone she didn't give it to him mm-hmm. they called in this gentleman if by then she wasn't going to put away the phone or give it up, leave. I, I would say the classroom, take up. Everybody leave the classroom. Mm-hmm. There's got to be somewhere else, another classroom. Mm-hmm. Leave her there exactly. alone and say, listen, your behavior is unacceptable, mm-hmm. but we're, you're not going to disturb our classroom. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, we can't get you out physically, yeah. but we will move and we will teach everybody in a different classroom. Exactly. That's how I would have handled yeah. if I was a teacher. And then handled it with her parents and said if that kind of behavior. But to actually throw her around like that, it's deplorable. And, and uh, you know, I hate to see people lose their job. But, I mean, if if that guy, of all people, that guy's one that should have lost his job. Absolutely. Not, and he did lose his job. But... I'm just a little upset at the fact that he's not being charged. We've yet to hear any Maybe matters still. of him being charged. Hopefully he does because it was on tape. But well, even- that's up to the family too, right? If yeah. the family decides to press charges, which they're going to sue. There's no there's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That but, family's going to sue. But see, here's the thing, though. Um, she doesn't really have an immediate feeling because her mother has passed away, and I'm not sure where the father is. So All he needs a lawyer to sue, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
All uh, you need is a lawyer to sue. And you know there's got to be lawyers that have jumped up and said, hey, you've got a case here. Exactly. You were abused and yeah. physically threatened, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, she's under foster care right now. So hopefully their foster, the foster home that she's in, will take matters into, into that head. Hopefully they'll have some compassion in that regard. Um, but, yeah, Raven, uh, she's lost all credibility, man. And, and to think, this is someone who was on Roots. On Roots. To, uh, well, she did. I, I I believe she did say that it was wrong what the policeman said. She did, yes. But she said that the the cell phone. But hey, she's got a point. You know, you, how many times you are you going to be told you're in a classroom? How many times are you going to be told, hey, put your phone away? Mm-hmm. Okay. But the fact, uh, you know, of what the person did, no way, no how. Yeah. It never happened in any age, especially mm-hmm. my goodness, to a woman, to mm-hmm. a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never mind to a young boy. It would be bad enough, but yeah. to a girl. Yeah. You it's know. just insult to injury. Yeah, it's and terrible. It's just a narrative that, that Raven w- w- was painting around. Like, her main narrative, if you saw the video clip, she kept on saying, why did the little girl have the phone in her hand? Why did the little girl have the phone in her hand? Don't, g- don't get me wrong. That guy was wrong, too. But why did you have the phone tons in your hand? Of why girls, did you have the phone in your hand? Tons of students there had the phone. Obviously, yeah. there was about four or five videos made of the same scene. So, uh, Talk e- about looking at the bigger picture, Either man. you, Thank you. Either you ban all the phones you know, you can't pick on one person when everybody was recording it. Exactly. <laughs> Either you How ban all you phones or you just ask them, yes, put it away. You never mind the fact that, like you said, multiple people were recording the incident, but you hit the nail on the head right there. Like, talk about looking at the bigger picture. Um, but anyways, let's move on from that. Um, before we go, man, uh, where can the people find you on social media? Man, you can find me all over on Point Basketball on our Instagram page, uh, Twitter. It's at Drew Ebanks. We've got a Facebook page under On Point Basketball as well. And uh, watch out for our brand new website that's going to have a ton of content on it. Some amazing contributors we're lining up as well that are talking about not only basketball but SATs, talking about uh, sports injuries, how to prevent them. Um, you know, just a lot of huge uh, amounts of content going to be on there, and our web store is going to be up as well. Uh, in fact, we're doing our shoot this weekend on Sunday for our new fall lineup of gear. We've got some really dope colors coming up got some toques Mm -hmm. uh that are coming up as well pom-pom toques that are that are very popular these days with the raptors made that popular again yeah uh and yeah we're just expanding man we're sponsoring the next week's father henry Carr uh, early bird tournament if you can get a chance to come out to henry Carr, Mm -hmm. it's going to be some of the top teams in the province right there Mm -hmm. and then from there it's the humber tournament and you just keep going and Mm -hmm. you know we're doing some stuff with the women we got a big uh video shoot with uh some young ladies from canada the lead on on Saturday, mm-hmm. that's going to be one of our vi- our video features. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's a, it's busy. Mm-hmm. Basketball never stops, man. It was twenty four seven. It definitely doesn't, man. Uh, Drew, thank you uh, for coming on the show yet again. Um, you're more than welcome to come through anytime. Just give me a shout, and you will make something happen, man. All right, my man. Thanks a lot, Dad. Appreciate it, and yes. uh, all the best with the show, man. Thank Keep you. cool, baby. Exactly. There you go, man. And as for the rest of you guys at home, y'all can follow me at Twitter on GM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Uh, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud as well. Subscribe to the SoundCloud podcast. If you missed an episode from the past, you can catch one again. Uh, so again, uh, at SoundCloud, it's uh, Cool Underscore Radio. YouTube, uh, cool, radio, cool Underscore Radio as well. And then Facebook, Cool Radio, basically. And uh, we will be moving to iTunes very soon uh, to podcast them as well, as well on Stitcher for all your Android users. So make sure you keep that locked as well. But once again, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding each and every one of you that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>